Coming up on this week's episode, we're talking Gerard Emery, and we're both going to choose the national team we think are going to overachieve at the World Cup, plus all our usual features, so let's get started. Hello and welcome to a new episode of View from the Sideline podcast. It's Chris here and Liam is with me. Hello, Liam. Evening, Chris. I'm a happy boy this week. Happy boy. Big, big, big changes um, yeah. for you. We've um, we've both experienced some manager loss this season. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we're going to talk about that in uh, a little bit. I think we're going to cover, obviously, what happened, um, obviously, Thursday and then again, um, obviously how you played the other day and obviously the new arrival and then we're going to pick um, each pick a team that we think are going to overachieve in the World Cup um, so yeah so we'll get started um, and we'll, we'll start with the departure from last Thursday obviously after um, a not so gracious game against um, Fulham uh, which I think we both nice. said that you should obviously um, be winning that game or at least getting something from the game to make Joe's life a bit easier and um, well pr- pretty much half an hour after the game um, it was announced that he they, that they had sacked him um, and I don't think that there's many um, people that would have thought that probably not going to happen I think it was very all the most likely that if they lost that game he would have been sacked so um I- I think the second that um, Douglas Louise got sent off, if um, if our owners could have come onto the pitch and sat Gerard there and then, I think they probably would have done. Um, from from what I hear, I don't know how true this is, but a few fans that were at the stadium tweeted that the second Louise got sent off, the owners that were in the director's box left. So I'm assuming <laughs> I'm assuming that they just had enough. That was it. And um, I think it, I think it must have been quite awkward because I think they sacked him immediately after the game, and I think Gerard actually got on the team bus to come back to Birmingham. <laughs> You'll which get can't have been the most pleasant of journeys home, unfortunately for him. But uh, yeah, I think you're right. No one was particularly surprised. Uh, he's got a few friends, I think, in the media that said it was all probably too soon and we should have given him more of a chance, but. I, I just think he he was trying to fit the players into his system. It was very clear the players weren't buying into it really from the end of last season, to be honest. Um, barring a few games, you know, we looked. We obviously got the draw against Man City this year. We were two 0 up at the Etihad last year on the last game of the season. You know, playing pretty well, but they were just sort of, you know, exceptions to the rule. We were getting quite slow and predictable going forward. There wasn't much creativity. And I think with the players that we've got, we've got a lot of attacking talent. Um, that I don't, I just don't think he was using it in the right way. I think the changes that we made for the weekend game, uh, just goes to show that when you put players in their right position, because I mean, he changed three people from the Fulham game. So obviously you drop in the captain was a big a, a big talking point amongst the Villa fans. McGinn got dropped to the bench with Ramsey. Uh, and he, he just started to play players in their actual position. Buendia was sort of an attacking midfielder. Bailey went on left wing. 
Danny Ings up front and yeah, we we attacked with pace and looked threatening every time we went forward. And to be honest, we could have scored probably more than four. Um, but it was a completely different team. You know, the shackles were off and we weren't trying to play Gerard sort of quite narrow. You know, he, d- he didn't like playing with wingers when we had wingers at the club. So, yeah, I think that's that's probably his biggest downfall, unfortunately. Yeah, but I mean, what yeah. I He's brought in some some big names, you know. He's he's done well, I think, in the transfer window, in bringing in the right type of player. But I just don't think they were the right type of player that suited his system. I mean, looking at obviously when you put the the two performances side by side, there's you know there's a clear clear difference in in the style of play that you were playing on, sort of. Sunday to what you played on Thursday. I mean, Sunday they just, you just didn't look like that you were playing with fear. You know, it looked like everything had been stripped off, and you know whatever was said was said before the game, and it, whatever it was, it seemed to have worked. So, you know, I think it's it's, it's you know it's, it's a difficult one because he he you can see that Gerald is is a good manager but like you said i think when you start playing players out of position that's when it starts to get a bit tricky um and you i also feel that some of the signings that he's made sort of of kind of let him down i mean Coutinho is probably the one for me that sort of last season when you had him on loan it seemed like mm. Gerald trusted him to, you know to get you know the the job done and to be fair, Coutinho, I think Coutinho's best game was his first game that he played for you on loan. Um, yeah, the so, United or maybe Man City away. Yeah, at the end but of the season. But yeah, you're right. It just, it just looks like that Gerard just lost faith in him in the end, and and you know he, I think he's been sat on the bench for the majority of the season. So, um, but obviously at the weekend you then saw what Danny Ings is capable of. You know. Um, mm-hmm. He just looked like a completely different team, and I don't know what happens for Gerard now. Um, he, he had a pretty decent job at Rangers, to be fair, and I think maybe if he would have stayed there, I think you know they they might have been doing a little bit better themselves in like Europe and in the league. But um, yeah, strange game Thursday. I think you know we both said that we weren't too sure it was a red card, and then it got rescinded anyway. So, um, but. But to be fair, t- to me, watching the game, I, you weren't very good at all anyway. So no. I, I don't, even with 11 men on the pitch, I, I think I don't you were struggling. So, so yeah. I, don't think it, I don't think it really changed the outcome. It probably changed the outcome in the way that they scored as many as they did. But um, yeah, you recouped all that Sunday anyway. So um, it, was, <clears throat> it wasn't necessarily a case of, um, you know, we... We were under quite a bit of pressure against Fulham. It, we weren't ever looking threatening going forward against yeah. them. So as soon as we went 1-0 down, even with 11 people on the pitch, we didn't look like scoring anyway. I think it was just a case of like you know holding back the floodgates. And, and when Louise went off, you know being down to 10 men and losing someone in, in a position that is, is designed to stop you from conceding, um, probably led to their second and third goals. But, again, individual mistakes as well, part of those goals. So, yeah, we never... I don't think it made too much of a difference, to be honest. It was it was a silly red card. I don't... I mean, I could talk for hours on VAR, as you know, but it's just 
a baffling decision that a referee can go to a monitor and see that and give it as a red card. And then there are people judging the person that's watched it to give it a red card and saying we need to re- overturn it. Ever so strange anyway, put it that way. But uh, what's done is done now. Um, I think we're now playing with a bit more confidence, hopefully. I think that, you know, the, to win 4-0 against anybody will give you a, a little bit of a boost going into the next game. And we've got Newcastle, so that'll be quite a good test because obviously Newcastle have been very good this year. And we can see what kind of level we're actually playing at, how badly they want to play for the new manager. Uh, I think... What you're saying about Coutinho, I think, is right. He has sort of become a shell of himself, like he's playing quite within himself. He wasn't um, playing any risky passes. You know, it was all very safe. And I don't know whether that was because of Gerard's system or not. I think he's a confidence player, Coutinho, and I think Buendia is as well to to some extent. So it will be interesting to see that if we can put a few results together and we can have a few games where we look dangerous attacking, whether Coutinho can fit back in or whether he thinks now, you know, my mate from Liverpool has gone, I think I'll be off as well. Uh, and, and he'll just sort of down tools and wait till the end of the season and then leave, or maybe even in January, you know, if he has a good World Cup, that's if he's picked for Brazil. I don't know. He has been in their squads recently, so he probably will be picked. Um, you know, maybe he'll use the World Cup to uh, put himself in the window. But we'll see, we'll see what yeah. happens your manager coming in, and it's a, it's a clean slate for everyone, isn't it? So, yeah. so obviously, Unai Emery comes in, um, very sort of tactical manager, um, sort of brings that sort of Spanish philosophy that he's had, you know, at the Spanish teams that he's, he's managed, very sort of very hard to score against, um, don't generally score many goals, but sort of get the job done, Um you know, if it's like a one nil, two nil sort of sort of thing. So I, I think I think he'll he'll keep that same philosophy and he'll try and make you stronger at the back. Um I think if you watch the game on Sunday you'll probably see that, you know, your forward play isn't you know, you don't really need to change a huge amount. Um yeah. but I think it's definitely sort of the the defence that he's gonna you know, have to work on pretty hard. Um because I think you know, apart from, you know, the game on Sunday when Gerard was there, you know, he, he did look very shaky at the back. And Tyrone Mings was one of them. I mean, he's made a few mistakes in the, in the past couple of weeks that have cost you goals. But um, I think he'll work on the defence. Um, and I, I don't think he'll change too much. He'd probably have an idea of players that he may want to bring in. And I don't. I always assume that sort of if if you start halfway through the season, one of the sort of terms of you joining the club is that you you have a list of say two or three players that you say, look, if you give me the job, I can get you these players at mm-hmm. this price, and you know that's all I need, you know, for the, until the end of the season, you know, to keep us. I don't think you'll be in, and I don't think you'll be in that sort of relegation battle come the end of the season, but. You know, he'll keep you safe. Um, he'll probably buy a couple of defensive midfielders. He's, he likes doing that. So, um, I think, yeah, I, I think it's I, a good, it's a good man. He's a good manager as well. You know, he's won the, he's won the Europa League quite a few times. So, I mean, I think he's, he's probably one of the highest profile managers you've had for a while. 
Yeah, 100%. And I think his system that he tends to go with, like you say, 4-2-3-1. So I think he probably will be looking at holding midfielders. But obviously Gerard got w- rid of a lot of our wingers, unfortunately. So we only really have Bailey remaining. So I think I'm, I'm looking at sort of transfer reports and stuff today that we're apparently after Dan Juma. Uh, obviously, bringing in his mates from uh, from Villarreal, um, I think maybe Chuck Chuck Wazy. I think that's oh, that's right. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know you're right. Yeah, he was sort of rumoured, and and Pino as well. You basically everybody from to the Villarreal. Uh, <laughs> yeah, they're basically just, they're all clamouring to bring in their their players, and you can understand, you know, I mean, Champions League semi-finals was it last year, um, or might have been the year before. Can't remember which. Obviously, they've won the Europa League. Emery himself has won the Europa League several times, like you say. So he's got the experience. I think a lot of people are sort of judging him on his time with Arsenal in the Premier League, because obviously that's the only time that he's managed in the Premier yeah. League. But, you know, look, looking at it, he got a lot of stick, really, for his time at Arsenal. But, you know, I'm looking at the statistics now. Arteta, who's being hailed as the next best thing, his, his win percentage is 57% and Emery's was 55%. So there's not much difference, really. Um, so hopefully, fingers crossed, we do need tightening up at the back. We, we all know that as, as Villa fans. Hopefully he can do that and just sort of let the attacking players play with a bit of freedom. I think he will be given quite a bit of money by the sounds of it. I don't know whether he'll spend much of it in January. Obviously, with the World Cup, I don't, I don't think people are going to want to move, really, um, in January, perhaps. But um, we'll, we'll have to wait and see on that. It might be a case of uh, a summer sort of build into his tactical style. But, um, yeah, I'm cautiously optimistic about the appointment. I think it's, it's a big name, and we were rumoured with big names sort of from a couple of weeks ago. You know, it was all, all about Pochettino. Tuchel was being rumoured as well. So to, to bring in someone who has left a team in Europe, uh, I think it's a big statement, which is what we were after from the board to kind of say they were committed. There was a, a few fans that were sort of getting a bit disgruntled that uh, maybe the the sort of plan to get us into Europe in the next few years was being forgotten about. So, you know, hiring a big name like this, shows that the board are, are back in their idea 100%. So it's good to see. Yeah, because he, he wasn't... Was he on the rumoured list to join Villa, Emery? Because <laughs> all I was seeing was the Sporting Lisbon manager, apparently. Yeah, Amarin was the, the favourite. And then, um, yeah, he wasn't on the list particularly to begin with, I don't think. And it's only really sort of been um, the last kind of 48 hours that his name's been... Uh, touted around a bit, but we like to keep things quiet. You know, at the minute, it's, yeah. it's, we like to surprise people, and uh, it was a surprise that a we got it done, but b we got it done so quickly, and to turn it around in what four days since Gerard was sacked is uh, sort of goes to show that we we kind of had that deal sort of signed and sealed probably before Gerard left. Yeah, uh, don't think you can turn it around that quickly otherwise. But yeah. I, very pleased, really, and and I just hope that he can kick us on because I think there's a there's a good position up for grabs this year. If, if one team just goes on that run, sort of after the World Cup, I do think they can get into that seventh spot, maybe into Europe. Who knows? Yeah. Um, 
And yeah, I don't see why it can't be us. Well, let's hope you beat Newcastle this weekend because I'm getting sick and tired of them. <laughs> uh, because they overtook us as well this weekend, so it's very, very annoying. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm sure he'll do a good job. And like you said, at least he's got this week to a whole week without a game. I'm assuming you're not playing this week um, until no. your game at the weekend. So we're not playing until the weekend. He's not starting until November first. So I think Danks is in charge for the Newcastle game, and then Emery's first two games are both against Man United, one in the league and one in the cup. So good start for him. Yeah. Right. We'll move on to our um, little World Cup feature. I think we're going to do one of these. Um, Every week until um, the World Cup starts, um, we'll just do something different each week with regards to the World Cup. And this week we're going to both choose a team that we think that might overachieve. So not necessarily win the competition, but um, do better than what is probably um, anticipated from them. Um, I'll go first. And I have chosen Sunny Gal. Um, Good choice. Yeah, I think for an African team. Yeah, because well, yeah, I look, don't get me wrong. I don't think they're going to win the World Cup, right? But looking at the path that they've got, they've got some very winnable games, and potentially, I think that they could get to the quarterfinals and just get knocked out in the quarterfinals. But you got you got to look. They, they're coming off the back of winning. Um, the African Cup of Nations beating Egypt and then again beating Egypt to qualify for the World Cup. So, you know, they're, they're already on, you know, on a high. So, mm. and you look at their group, they've got Holland, Qatar and Ecuador. Now, I don't, I, I, I'm not a um, professional when it comes to teams, but I don't think Qatar are one of the best teams no. in the world. Ecuador, um, not a bad team, but definitely a team that Senegal can beat. Holland is an interesting one because with with Holland, you never really know what you're going to come up against because you know, in, in since my lifetime, they've produced some of the best games at the World Cup. But mm-hmm. then again, I've seen I've seen them get battered at the World Cup as well, so they're very hit and miss. I think they can win this group, Senegal. I, I think they I, can top I, this group. I, don't, I remember Holland not even qualifying for the World yeah. Cup, uh, and I think was it the year before? Was it the World Cup before? No, I think they they failed to qualify for 20, 20, 2006, and then they got to the final of the one after. Yeah, it's, it's all up then, isn't it? Really? Yeah. I, I I see where you're coming from. I I, I can see where you're coming yeah. from. Definitely. And you look at their players that they got as well. It's not like that they've got. A bunch, you know, of, of average players. They've got, you know, they've got Sadio Mane, who's probably their sort of star player. Mendy mm. in goal. Saar from Watford. Koulibaly, Kiate. You know, they're very, you know, the, the Premier League yeah. quality players there. Yeah, so I, I think, yeah. I think that they may, I think they may surprise a few. But now I've said that, they'll probably get knocked out in, in the group stage after losing all three. But um no, I, I definitely think that there, there'll be ones to watch, and um, I think I, I think, think the, the Holland game is crucial for them because I think if, if they can beat Holland, 
I think it'll be between those two anyway. So I think if they can beat Holland, they'll finish top of the group. And obviously, finishing top of the group, you get a favourable draw in the next round. So, yeah. Yeah, they'll get the team that finished second in England's group if they top the group. So yeah, they'll, so. you know, I mean, I'm hoping obviously England wins. So you're looking at Iran, United States or Wales, you know, from our perspective, because we would obviously want to top the group. But then we, you know, I'm thinking from an England perspective, we probably want Holland maybe to top the group, and we'll play the team that comes in second in Group A, maybe. Should be Senegal. Well, I think it'll be Senegal. So yeah. So from, right. from from an England point of view, I think that England will be probably be playing Holland, um, and then Senegal will play probably either the USA or Wales, which is a, yeah. a winnable game for them. So, yeah, yeah. so uh, that's why I chose Senegal. And I think we've all got a bit of a soft spot for Senegal because um, I certainly remember the 2002 World Cup win against France. Um, One of probably the games that sticks out in my sort of World Cup memory, if you like, was uh, was watching them beat France, you know, the the holders of uh, 1998. So, uh, yeah, completely unfancied in that game. We seem to get a big move for every single player in that every Senegal, Senegal team. Player in that, yeah. every, um, every Senegal player that started in that game then moved um, to a, a high-quality team. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, so I... I Carry on. Uh, yeah, it's, it's a fond memory sort of watching that yeah. game. Yeah. Um, well, I think one of yeah. the players that played in that game is their manager now, Eloa Cisse. I think he he was in that team. I think. Yeah. Pedigree there. There is. Yes. And he's been managed since 2015, so he's been there quite a while now. Yeah. So, yeah, they've obviously been going in the right direction. Former Birmingham City player, though, so we uh, don't no. like him. <laughs> um, do, do you want my surprise package? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So mine, I've, I've kind of gone similar logic to what you've gone with, really. I've gone with Denmark for a couple of reasons. Yeah. Firstly, in the Euros last year, I thought they played particularly well. And I know they feel very hard done by losing to England in the semi-final. Um, I look at their squad lots of experience, um, but I think players that are still capable of, of of having a good tournament. Kasper Schmeichel, obviously, you know, age is not really a barrier for goalkeepers. I know he's 35 now, but he's been around 86 caps. Good experience, and he's the vice-captain. They've got um, Anderson at the back, who's been playing well for Crystal Palace this season. Kier has obviously been playing at the back for ages. Um, Ericsson, obviously, we know his quality, and he's got his move to Man United now, and obviously... We don't want to see the same scenes that we saw at the Euros with him. I'm sure he'll be absolutely fine this time around. Yeah. Hoiberg, I know I criticise him all the time, but this season, you know, he seems to have gone to another level somehow. Um, the only thing that they're really lacking at the minute, I'd say, is a striker. But, um, you know, Damsgaard looked really promising in the Euros, had a very good tournament, and then he's kind of gone a little bit missing for Brentford and not really done that much. But I think there's definitely possibility there that they could get, I think, probably to the quarterfinals, kind of like what you were saying for Senegal. Yeah, definitely. That they agree. You fancy France to win it, you know, I, I think they 
France are going to probably win all three games. They've got Australia and Tunisia as the other two teams. I think Denmark are probably going to come away with two wins. So I can see them finishing second. And they play the Group C qualifiers. So Argentina, Saudi Arabia, Mexico or Poland. And even Argentina these days, if they came up against Denmark, I'm not sure I fancy them. You know, Aguero's retired. Messi obviously hasn't been on the same form, but you can never count him out. But he's going to kind of be a team one, really. There's not that much for Argentina. They're certainly not as strong as they usually are going into a World Cup. Um, Emmy Martinez in goal aside, obviously. Um, but, you know, there's not that much experience. I mean, they're still playing Otamendi at, at centre-back by the looks of things. He was in their last squad. Um, so I'm not too sure. Di Maria's 34 now, and he's still getting in the squad. Um yeah, so I'm not I'm not convinced basically for Argentina. So I think that if Denmark did come second in their group, I could see them getting past the next round as well if they come up against Argentina, or if they could beat France in their group and top it and play probably Mexico, Saudi Arabia, or Poland. I think they're all winnable games for them. So that's going to be my dark horse for the yeah. tournament. I think I think you're right because I think when you when you look at the Euros, I think it was anyone's game against England. You know. Yeah, if they would have played that, re- replayed that game, they might have won. You know, it, it was it was close. It wasn't like it was a one-sided game. And like you said, they've got some good players. I think obviously they've, um, like you said, they've got Christian Eriksen, who I would assume is is going to be the first name on that team sheet. Um, mm. They used to have a guy called Christian Paulson as well up from. I don't know. I'm not sure how well he's doing at the moment, um, but don't think he's playing much for Leipzig at the minute. Yeah, uh, so. I kind of look at their team sheet, and he was sort of on the like recent call-ups, but not not no, for a little. Yeah, but you're right with Damsgaard. Yeah. I mean, he's a good player, but you know, it's, he hasn't really been playing that well for Brentford. So yeah, well, I think Senegal and Denmark are definitely ones to watch out for. Um, and I think next week we'll probably do underachieve. Um, and let's really annoy a country. Let's annoy a whole. Country. <laughs> um, and I'm not going to pick England. Uh, <laughs> no. Um, no, just in case I jinx it. So, yeah. so that's the end of this week's talking points. We're back in part two with some wonders of white, a quiz, and a who am I? So we'll be back in shortly. Hello and welcome back to part two of this week's podcast. And we're going to go into some Wonders of White. Um, so Almiron um, is five from five currently. Um, but before this, it took him 61 matches to get five goals. And it took him a, a long time to get even one, didn't it? He yeah. really struggled. But yeah, he's flying at the minute. Well, Newcastle are flying at the minute, aren't they? So uh, yeah, Jack Grealish is regretting that... Uh, Drunken comment on the bus. I mean, yeah, I mean, he looks a bit silly now. So, um, so it's the first time since New Year's Day that Arsenal um, have scored first and not gone on to win a game in the Premier League mm. after their draw. 
Um, this is a Villa-related one. Um, Aston Villa have scored two goals in the opening seven minutes, um, which is the first time they've ever done that in the Premier League. Yeah, we're not quick starters, to be honest. It did surprise me at the weekend. <laughs> and uh, Jorginho has scored 19 of his 21 goals for Chelsea from the penalty spot. I mean, yeah. I mean, I'm so good. We didn't win that game on on Sunday, but yeah. it is what it is. Right. So this week's quiz um, is a little bit different, and when you hear it, it's going to sound a bit like Liam's not going to get anything, but you will. <laughs> okay. So this is. I've called this quiz. Um, Counting countries. So you may need a pen, a calculator, or your head. Um, So I have a list in front of me of all the teams currently ranked as a country in the FIFA men's rankings. Now there are uh, there are five groups that I've put together. Each group contains three countries. You're going to need to tell me what their rankings add up to. Oh, God. Here, here is where I've given you some help. Okay. So for each grouping, you can pick one team, and I will give you the number that they okay. currently set out. And you also have a 2020 swing, so you can be within 20 or below 20, if you get what <laughs> I mean. Yeah, yeah. So you've got a leeway of 40, basically, okay? Okay. The rankings go up to 211, okay? So that is the bottom team is 211. Um, And do you wish to play this quiz? You've got no choice, but... um, Yeah, I'm I'm going to do it. i put some theatrics behind it. So I've got my phone calculator prepared. So, the uh, there's like I said, there's five groups of three, and this is your first group. Okay. Um, so your first group is France, Angola, and San Marino. Okay. So give me Angola. Angola then. is 119. 119. Uh, and I reckon France are probably... Got to be near the top, haven't they? I'm going to go there. And I reckon... How many countries did you say there were? 211? Yeah. Yeah, San Marino, I think, are bottom. So my my calculator is telling me 335. You are... You got it right. It's 334. So oh, you were just off. one off. Uh, France are fourth ranked oh. currently. Oh, I'm assuming you're fifth. fifth, yeah. And San Marino are indeed the 211th ranked team in the world. Okay, next one is Germany, USA, and Japan. Oh, God. It's the Second World War all over again. Uh, Where are Japan? Japan are currently ranked 24th. 24th, USA and Germany. So I want to say... I'm going to put Germany, I think they're not what they used to be. I'm going to put them at at seventh, I think. And USA, I think because they tend to beat loads of teams 
around them. The teams around them are pretty rubbish, so I'm going to put them at 10th. So I've got 41. So 41. The answer is 51, but uh, like I said, you get 20-20, so you have got that one right. Um, Germany are 11th ranked in the world, mm-hmm. and USA is 16th. Okay, so I've overestimated <laughs> both teams are. Yeah. So they're going to get, they're going to start to get a little bit harder now. Germany, did you say Germany were 11th in the world? They are 11th, yeah. I'm just going to make a note of that for the Underachievers podcast next week. Just, uh, yeah, so sorry. Your next grouping is Brazil. Okay. Hong Kong. And wow. Guam. Oh god, right. This is, yeah. I'm getting the fingers and toes down for this one. I reckon Brazil are probably near the top somewhere. So, what ranking are Hong Kong? Hong Kong are 145th <laughs> in the yeah. men's FIFA rankings. I reckon Guam have got to be pretty similar. So, I'm going to go with 150. And I think Brazil are second. So I've got 297. So you've got that one wrong. It's 351. Uh, So uh, Brazil are first ranked in the world currently. Uh, I gave you Hong Kong at 145 and Guam at 205. So they are are right down there. Awful Guam. Uh, Next one is Scotland. Right. Uh, oh god, I'm not sure I'm going to say is it Burundi. Okay, Sido And yeah, and Seychelles. Right. Uh, what? Uh, what mark? I'm going to go for Burundi. What mark are they? 141. 141st. I reckon Scotland are about 20th. And what were the other team? Seychelles. Seychelles. They are way down. So I'm just going to add 200 onto that. And I've got 361. Correct. You've just, oh. scra- you've just scraped the uh, leeway on that one. It's 380. Oh, I'm in by one. So you're in by one. Uh, what did you have down for Scotland? I had them down about 20th. 40th they are currently. Really? Yeah. And what did you say for Seychelles? You must have been, you must have put 200. Yeah, I said 200. Well, they're 199. Oh, so close. Yeah. So, I mean, and anything else other than what you put, um, you would have, um, got that wrong. But yeah, no, that's correct. Three out of four so far. So the fifth and final one is England. Okay. Uh, Lebanon. Oh, God. Yeah. And Tahiti. I just had Tahiti because it just sounds like a nice country. Tahiti. I, I don't even know where we are at the minute because we obviously <laughs> run a bit of a bad run. So I'm going to say we're about 10. I'm going to ask for where Lebanon are because I think okay. Tahiti is somewhere near the bottom. Okay, they're 99th, Lebanon. 99th. Wow, yeah. Lebanon are climbing in the rankings. That's, that's way higher than I thought they would be. Uh, so I think we're, I'm going to say we're about 10th. 
and I'm going to put Tahiti, <laughs> I don't know, I mean, it could be anywhere between like 100 and 211. I'm going to guess Tahiti are 185th. So I've got 294. I think I'm fine. Two just, just out. Oh. Uh, so it's 266 is the answer. You, um, you, 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 took, you, you added too much to England. Uh, they're fifth. Are um, we still? Unbelievable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lebanon are 99th, like I said. And Tahiti, what did you have done for Tahiti? You uh, just added. 185, I think. 162, they were. So. Oh. Than I, I mean, you were just mar- You only lost that one by what nine, no, eight points. So oh. I mean, you weren't too far off, to be fair. Right. All so, these, yeah. all these sunny countries, Chris. They're too busy enjoying the beaches to play football. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there are. Um, I mean, Seychelles. They're pretty much a. I'd say everything from about 185 downwards are pretty much in the same boat as San Marino. Very rarely get a win. All on zero points. All on all their qualifications that they don't get anything out of them. They do score. They score more. That's the only reason they're above San Marino. I think is because they score more goals. But then, like the Seychelles, they play a lot of the other. You know, islands around them, so yeah. they, you know, they they end up losing, but they end up losing like seven four or like seven two or something like that. So they did, they do score quite a fairly few amount of goals. Um, and I think Guam, I think when I looked at their last results, I think they've conceded about twenty five goals in their last three games and haven't scored. So, wow. um, I think yeah. San Marino got it really tough because obviously Europe is so competitive. I mean, yeah, yeah. Lifted up San Marino and dumped them in the Pacific Islands. They'd probably be ranked about a hundredth in the world, but because they're playing like Italy, Germany, England every week, well not every week, but every I mean, game. That's, that's what I mean because <laughs> a lot of the islands down there, they're you know they're not playing highly ranked teams, are they? So no. um, they do have it a little bit easier, um, but yeah. No, that was um, that was no. I called it country counters or counting countries. Can't remember what I called it now, but nice. yeah, no, something a bit different. Um, and yes, I had to use a calculator for all of them. Yeah, so, um, don't blame you. Math isn't my strong point either. <laughs> right, who am I? Uh, you're Chris. Yes, I know. Uh, oh, yeah. so I I've got who am I for you this week. <laughs> it's unfortunately not. Um, not unless you started your career at Crew Alexandra. Did you start your career at Crew? Alexandra? Oh, no, I couldn't, I couldn't get in. No. Couldn't let in, no. Um, so started a career at Crew, uh, then moved to Liverpool and went back on loan to Crew. Yeah. They then moved on to Charlton, Spurs, Fulham, and then they retired at Blackburn Rovers. Blimey! So that was. The main teams are Liverpool. Who else is it? Liverpool? Uh, Charlton, Athletic, Spurs, Fulham, and Blackburn Rovers. So, Crew. So, 
But I've got I've got a couple of hints. If I think why. I think by that I would say that they didn't really play for Liverpool. I'm thinking just purely on the basis that they it was loan they were loaned out. Unless it was a sort of in the clause. Um, did, did, have you got when they retired? Um, yeah, so I'll give. What I'll do is I'll give you the year they first made an appearance yeah, yeah. and the year they retired. So they started for Crew in 1993, and they retired in 2013. 2013. Blimey. So. This is a this this feels like a tough one that normally I can normally get it quite quickly by the teams, but because I'm assuming yeah. he's English, he he, it's, he is English. I've, I've not more, gone down the far route because yeah, you, you it's felt a bit more difficult. You, yeah, you um you saw what I was doing and uh, called out basically the first team as their nationality. So I thought I'd go English this week. A lot harder when it's English. Yeah. <laughs> Right, so they play for Liverpool. Uh, so, sorry, what, when did they first make an appearance for Crew? Ninety-three. Right. And then after Crew on loan, what, what was the team after Crew? Sorry. Uh, so they started for Crew, moved to Liverpool. While yeah. while they were at Liverpool, they had a loan spell back at Crew. Yeah. And then they moved to Charlton Athletic after they. Finish for Liverpool, and then Spurs, Fulham, and Blackburn Rovers. There's just I can provide another. Yeah, one more code. Just yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'll give you the teams that I'll give you the three teams that they played for um, more than the others. So um, for all of these teams, they played more than a hundred league games. So Crew Alexandra. They played more than 100 league games. Liverpool, they played more than 100 league wow. games. And Fulham, they played more than 100 league games. This is difficult because the, the the person that springs to mind, I don't think, played for Tottenham. I do have one final clue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to have to take it. Yeah, I've got, I've got, the thing is, I've got a name in my head and I can't get it out of my head now. So the, the final clue I'm going to give you, so you've successfully identified that he's English. He played nine times for England between 2001 and 2003, and he scored one goal. OK. I see there is only one player I know that's played for Liverpool and Fulham off the top of my head. But for the life of me, I d- he didn't play for Tottenham, so I don't. I have no. I'm really. I'm really stuck this way. I'm just. I'm just going to say the name that came to my mind, but I don't think it is. Is Danny Murphy? But he didn't you play. Are correct. It is indeed. Oh Danny. my god! I got it right. You did get it right, yeah. He's the name that's been stuck in my head for the last five minutes. Yeah, Danny when Murphy. When did he play for Tottenham? Uh, 2005-06. So he joined from Charlton halfway through the season and played 10 games. And then oh. played 12 games the season after. Um, basically not much. So 
I mean, he wasn't there long, and then he moved on to Fulham. And then yeah, because the only two, the only teams I remember him playing for were, were Liverpool and Fulham. And then when you said that he played a hundred games for Liverpool, yeah, I thought it sounds like Danny Murphy, but, I, but it was the Tottenham thing that was that was um, yeah so in my mind. This is all all competitions. A few Danny Murphy stats for any Danny Murphy fans out there. So he played 142 times for Crew and scored 30 goals. That's um, a lot. How long was he there for? Uh, four years and then another sort of half season, I think, on loan. So like four and a half years. Um, for Liverpool, 246 games for Liverpool and 44 goals in all competitions. That's quite good. That's not bad. Uh, no, I mean his scoring record is actually it's. It's pretty good for a midfielder. Uh, he got 10 goals in 64 for Charlton, but he was only there for two years. Uh, two goals in 29 games for Spurs. Uh, 29 in 204 games for Fulham. And then uh, two goals in the Championship for Blackburn uh, in 35 games. So 120 goals in his career overall. That's not bad. That's not bad. He's, he's got a lot of League Cup goals in there. He's actually He averages over a goal every two games in the League Cup. He's got 16 goals in 30 games, so he seems to really enjoy that competition. And um, obviously, the, Fulham did well in Europe, didn't they, while he was there? So um, he's got... Yeah, they got to, they would have got... That would have, he would have been there when they got to the final, didn't they? Yeah. yeah. He, uh, Is he there? Yes. 2010, they got... Yes, he was, Fulham. yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Um, I just sort of included him because... Uh, Similar to you, I, I kind of forgot he played for Charlton and for Spurs. Um, but, you know, the thing that I found odd was nine games for England, um, sort of in the, all came within two years of each other. But actually, a really consistent sort of scoring record for Liverpool uh, between kind of like 99 and 2004-ish. Mm. You know, if there was a midfielder with the record that he had for Liverpool playing in the Premier League now... Um, I think they'd probably had more England appearances, but it was probably a bit more competitive. You know, we had Skulls and Gerard. It's a genera- generational thing, wasn't it, around that time? I mean, so That's probably why he didn't get a look in. But then I also think to that period, and I think Kieran Dyer managed like 25 caps for England nearly. So, uh, yeah, just thought he'd been a bit harshly treated there. But, um, yeah, good player. Kind of... You know, I know he's Gerard's mate and everything. He's kind of annoyed me this week. That's why I included him, basically. He's, he's been chatting up rubbish about how we shouldn't kept Gerard for a bit longer. A lot of talk sport, was it? Basically, yeah. I've been revised every tweet out so far this week. Yeah. Uh, well, well, I'm pretty impressed that I got that right. That you did. Well, I, I, honestly, my mind has gone blank that you ever played for Tottenham. Yeah. Um, he didn't much, to be fair. Well, yeah, I guess not, but... Yeah, even so. Strange yeah. how I forgot that. Cool. Right, well, we will be back next week, and I promise next week we will talk about West Ham, whether they win, lose, or draw at the weekend. Yeah. Um, because we were going to talk about them today, but um, we've obviously the news that Emery joined Villa. I thought it was only fair that you got to talk about something positive. Yeah, um, this week. Yeah, so, yeah. So we will we will do um, West Ham next week, and we will also do a underachiever World Cup theme as well. Um, Liam will have the quiz, and I will have who am I. So we will be back next week. <laughs>